Hello and welcome listeners to episode 158 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast where too much talking your pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Ender and I'm joined by a man who is currently in 98% uh, humidity, but only about 1% telephone reception range. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? I'm good, Robbie. I'm good. I'm uh, deep in uh, FNQ, mate, just uh, far north of Queensland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you told me to what? Yeah. yeah. Far uh, north Queensland. Uh, just uh, with with excellent reception, obviously. That's going to be a nice, challenging podcast for us. I'm currently getting a sore arm trying to hold my mobile <laughs> phone up in the air to, to try and get just that little extra bar on it. So we, uh, gee, so we can... your, your arms would be tight after flying all the way up to Cairns yesterday anyway. It's been hectic, mate. It's been good. We got here just so wrapped, just wrapped to be. It's good. It's really Excellent. Nice. Very good. It's, uh, oh, I don't don't you, want to make you jealous, I mate. Just thought it, you... It's about twenty-eight degrees. A little bit of a little bit of a sweat up. Just, uh, just you know, just a, a little bit of a glow happening with all the warmth. It's nice. Oh, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are a little bit more shinier on the top of the head than what you usually are, just from the little bit of perspiration, Lewis, of yes. what's coming out from uh, yes. from your current humidity situation. I, I thought you just uh, you're just trying to impress me with another dicky background. Oh, I can even see a tennis game going on in the background yes. there um, at your resort, which is uh, which is lovely. Feel feel free to call any anyone's cheating if the, the ball's gone out and they're calling in. You just you just make sure you, you can't be serious. <laughs> Yes. And uh, yes, no, just a little bit of sweat up, just like a horse, just about to line up for the Melbourne Cup, you know, just just a little bit, just just a, uh, a little bit in anticipation of the great podcast we're going to have today. Yeah, just, 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 a, just a little frothy under the armpits, are you? Yeah, something like that, mate. Something like that. Uh, so, anyway. uh, so, so yeah. So you're up in, so you're up in, uh, up in Port Douglas, and uh, and all things being equal, uh, assuming that Queensland don't lock out any other Victorians, um, we'll be up there. Uh, the Anderton family will be up there next week too. So we'll actually be able to do a yeah, our, our second face to face two vets talk <laughs> pets podcast recording. You know, in eighteen months, just about you know, four thousand kilometers away from uh, from Melbourne. This is what we have to do, mate. This is what we, we have to do to uh, get the tax department to pay for our holidays and also to meet up, isn't it? It's the sacrifices that we make. And that's the reason why our listeners enjoy what we bring so much. Um, exactly. So- how was your How was your week at work? Was it? Um, it's always It's always funny when you uh, when you're about to go away on holiday that you just seem. Yeah, sometimes it seems like that last that last week just seems to drag out. That last three hours just seems to really. It's like you're like you're consulting through jelly. How did it go for you? Yeah, it was was a it was like that, mate. And a lot of you know sort of ongoing cases that I've been seeing on a weekly basis, you know, doing the chat. Well, you know, I won't be here next week, and I won't be here for a couple of weeks. And um, but you know, all the other vets are all up to date with what's going on, and you know, and a few friends sort of texting me, going, "I know you're going away, so what do we do if this happens or this happens?" So because I think as we talked about in the podcast, I've got a quite a sort of few sort of friends and families, animals on the go that are a little bit unwell at the moment. So just sort of working through those. So yeah. it was a bit of heat to wait. And then on Friday, um, you know, we, we had a, we had a bit of a meeting, didn't we? A, um, a meeting with some of the delicate care guys to talk about, you know, some of the, some of the stuff they're doing, which is fantastic. And then during that, yes. I got a phone call at work with some equipment that wasn't working. So sort of you know, meant to be on the holidays, but yeah, you had to duck into work just to check that the old, the old Dremel's working. Okay. And I'm sort of the only guy that, that does the Dremeling of feet and that sort of thing under anesthetic when needed and, and the pads and Dr. All that Dremel, they call you. You got a That's t-shirt right. made up and all. Yes, yeah. Yes. Except without the MEL, it's just Dr. Dre. But, but I know what it means. Dr. Dre. Fantastic. Yeah, Dr. Dre. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, it's a good week. How about Sweet. yourself, mate? What's been happening? 
Yeah. Oh, so we had a, um, uh, unfortunately, a bit of a uh, some some bad news uh, during the week with uh, with, with with Melvin. So um, oh. we uh, he after after last week's uh, podcast where he uh, was sitting down and watching the watching the fish and got the purple stuff all over his fur, um, but took him into work and weighed him and he's lost about oh, probably about sort of four hundred grams since the last oh, time we we'd seen him, and it's like oh that's not that's not right so yeah, yeah we'll grab some grab some blood from him and uh so took some bloods and it was it was fairly you know one of those times where there's nothing that was really really big but just it was something that you'd look at and go you know oh, I'm, I'm not turning my back on it so he just had a, a mild anemia so he had a a, a uh, slightly yeah. not enough red blood cells but non-regenerative so it meant that his bone marrow wasn't pumping out the little baby red blood cells to be replacing the ones that were lost uh, and his uh his white blood cells his neutrophils so the uh the acute inflammation cells they were up a smidgen um and i looked at that guy and everything else was all pretty vanilla but i thought oh gee whiz this is you know the mm. Especially with the weight loss, I'm worried there could be something going on. So took yeah. him in on um, on Friday and uh, gave him some sedation and um, ultrasound him, and it looks like he's got a mass in his stomach, unfortunately. So oh, no. um, so I can I, on the ultrasound I identified that there's a uh, about a one and a half centimeter um, mass that's pretty. It's looks like it was uh, pretty close to the liver, but it wasn't on the liver. And then when I rolled him over onto the other side, it looks like it might be uh, in the lumen of his stomach. So um, oh, a, nice. a quick, quick phone call to, uh, to Dr. Clint Udleman, friend of the show and yes. um, said, uh, mate, you know, I've, I've got a, uh, you know, a, I need you to come and make sure I'm not make believing on this, uh, on this ultrasound. And, uh, and two, I need you to bring, uh, bring your scope. So that just in case it is in the stomach, we can stick a camera down there and try and get a sample of it. So yep. he's, uh, he, he's all lined up to come in on Thursday. Good old Clint. He's, um, he's helping me out. So he's, uh, yeah, cause we're, cause we're away you know, pretty, pretty soon afterwards. So we've, uh, he's managed to squeeze us in to get, into, to get that investigation done. So I was going to say, you're lucky he's a friend of the podcast, mate, because Clint is booked out a month in advance. I reckon he's is, is, uh, chasing his tail everywhere, that guy. Yeah, busy yeah. As, so it, busy as. So, oh, they're so all busy, the specialists. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we, um, so Mel, Melly will go in and we'll work out what that, uh, what that lump is, and so then we'll have to marinate on that news over while we're uh, while we're away, and then do something oh. about it when we get back. Oh so wow! It's um, you know, just a bit of a you know, bit of, bit of pain in the bum. Yeah. Mm. And Rosie, how's Rosie going? Uh, yeah, so she's um she's in remission still. So you know, lymph nodes are still down low. We um uh I think was it the last time we talked about how completely bottomed out her white blood cells. Yeah, and she a couple was, of weeks um, ago. Yes. Yeah. So um so they bounce back nicely. So we said right, best thing to do for that is to hit her with some more chemo. So uh so she's uh, she had her dose uh, last week, and uh, given that we're away next week, I'm tossing up. You know, do we? treat now or wait until we until we get back just for the sake of you know the people that are looking after that they're not going to have to worry yeah. about a dog that could potentially get unwell after having mm. had chemo but she's she's loving life like we just had oh, her down at Offley dog park just then and she's running around you know oh, rolling around on the artificial turf you know just getting you know chasing around older dogs like she's she's feeling the best that she has in in ages so um so she's she's doing excellent um and you know, so now we're just watching Parker like uh, like like Hawks, just to make oh. sure that he's not trying to uh, give us the give us the trifecta. So, oh mate, yeah, yeah wow, animals. yeah. How old's Melvin? How old's Melvin? 
So he's uh, he's 13, 13 going on 14. So, yeah, right. you know, no, so everything else metabolically is all looking pretty good. His kidneys are functioning okay yep. and he doesn't have hypothyroidism, no diabetes. Like, as I said, the rest of his bloods are absolutely vanilla. So, um, and literally his, his signs are that mild and it's just the – well, you know, I'm a vet and I've got all the equipment here. So he only happens to be in because I can clip off all this purple crap off him and, and we'll see whether or not there's something, <laughs> yes. you know, oh, hang on. Now he's lost some weight, you know, oh, yeah. hang on. Now we're going to do some amazing. And suddenly That's interesting, down this, down this path. So, you know, and it just, it just uh, once again, sort of you know drives home that, that thing. I know I've spoken about it on the podcast before about, you know, if you feel like there's something that's not right with your animal, I'll always believe the owners because you know yeah. the owners. You, you guys, you guys know your pets so well that if you think something's not right, I can absolutely believe you. I might not be able to tell you exactly what it is just from running my hands over them, but I'll believe you that if you say that, yeah, something's not right. We need to, uh, you know, we need to go searching. So anyway, yeah. so that's that's un- unfortunately our news. So wow, and uh, yeah. anything else during the week happened, mate? Uh, yeah, I actually had a um, you know, on a, on a lighter side, um, I had. Uh, uh, one of the nurses come and sort of scratching her head saying, oh, I just had this really weird phone call. I said, oh, okay, right. You know, the full moon's out. So yeah, these things happen. <laughs> um, it just had someone ring up for their puppy vaccination and asked whether or not they had to bring the dog in for the vaccination. And they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's an injection. They said, oh, so, so I've, I've definitely got to bring it in in order to get the injection. Yes, yes. This is a, this is a vaccination that is administered via injection. So we'd like to get that. And I don't think it was a necessarily a, you know, do I can I get the vaccine done at home? It was a yeah. short as another way of being able to give them the vaccination. Wow. No, you know, not effectively. You know, we can't we can't send it home with you and get it to, to enema it up their bum or anything like that. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, this week, actually, I remember this week, I um, actually took took the leg off uh, one of my nurse's cats. I don't know if we talked about oh, on the show yes. how it unfortunately got attacked by a um, by a next-door neighbour's dog um, and uh, and we had a plate put on at Advanced Vet Care and it, it, unfortunately it was all infected from being attacked by, by the dog and then we didn't have any yeah. antibiotics that were working. Um, so eventually um, Shelley sort of decided that it was time. We'd sort of been trying to walk her, all the vets, trying to walk her towards it, which is, you know, it's not an easy decision to make. Um, and all along I've been saying to her, look, two days, two days later, she'll be up and walking and, you know, won't even know what's going on. So I yeah. took the, uh, took the leg off on Tuesday and sort of spoke to her Tuesday night. Yeah, no, we're having a rough night. You know, obviously the, the pain relief are on. We're a bit spaced out on that Wednesday, a little bit, a little bit, you know, just still out of it, still having injections of uh, some strong pain relief at home sort of thing. And then Wednesday then Thursday at work, she said, two days out yep she's she's turned the corner now she's smoochy she's rolling around no she's the she's the uh happiest she's been in a long time so it was really really interesting i said two days and sure enough called me a clairvoyant might have done it before once or twice there it was two days and feeling really good so yeah so mate yeah anyway just just so experienced of removing those extra legs off cats mate you know you know you know you know the score well, she did say to me, it was sort of, I finished the surgery. Oh, I think we're halfway through the surgery. She goes, so um, how many of these have you done before? And uh, in my head, I searched back and I was thinking, and I, I couldn't, 
specifically remember doing that exact surgery on a on a cat before, but I know I've done one higher up yeah. where you know like it was a what we call a mid femur, so halfway through the th- through the thigh, so a little bit of a thigh on there. And I was I, I remember doing it at some dog, but I wasn't on some dog or cat or a few times. I wasn't sure if that was a front leg or a back leg or sort of where we're doing it. So I did say to her, I think uh, including this one, she said, yeah. I said, yeah, probably one. No, but yeah, yeah, I was, I was getting, yeah. <laughs> So it all went really well. and always, uh, yep. always the best time to do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in the middle one, of the surgery. Yeah. One of our nurses, Mel, her, um, her cat's got a broken metatarsal um, in its foot. And so we had to, uh, had to bandage that up and put a splint on there. Yeah. It was at one of the middle metatarsals. So it's, as it look, it, it'll be fine. We've just got to um, try and stabilize it for a bit. We're not going to worry about trying to go in and do surgery. It's a three-year-old cat. It's a, it's a closed, um, closed fracture, non-displaced. So I was like, you know, just, you know, it, it'll, it'll heal. You know, yeah. the, um, you know, as, as Wingtip Wong, Wong used to say, you know, cat bones, as long as they're in the same room, they'll end up healing, they'll end up knitting <laughs> together. So, you know, so as long That's as we right. can, uh, you know, keep it. But then had the had the splint on, and um, and we're doing the first uh, the first bandage change. She said oh, she's been she's been really getting stuck into this bandage. Is it oh, okay? Right, yeah. We took it off, and it just got that smell of of infection. I go, oh, oh no. no! Just the the edge of the the, the bandage had slipped a little bit, and the edge of it was just rubbing in on her skin. Oh, it's so annoying. Mm. On there, I was like, oh, bugger, 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 bugger. Yeah, bugger. that's not fun. I mean, the, yeah, the, the fact. The, the fact that we had a, a cat with a splint on its leg and it stayed on for the week, I was happy with that. But you know, I mean, that's always, yeah, that, yes. that's always, that's always the toughest part trying to keep those damn splints on the cat's legs. Sometimes it is, and it's a combination of pressure sores and all that stuff you're talking about. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Uh, I tell you what, something that um that no pressure at all, mate. Zilkeen, uh, Zilkeen, no, very pressure. good. If you want to keep keep a cat uh, relaxed and and not anxious about the cast on their leg for the week, you could put them on some Zilkeen, couldn't you, mate? Oh, you certainly could. Yeah, if it, if um if sitting on uh, on Mel's boyfriend's lap and just um getting patted every night wasn't enough relaxation for her, definitely I would have reached for the Zilkeen because because Dill giving her a pat would have would have exactly the same effect, if not if not less than the Zilkeen. But it seems to be working adequately. But Zilkeen, oh my goodness, did, can it get the job done when required? Exactly, and you can use on horses as well. I learned this week, uh, you get the dog capsules and four if if you haven't got the. I think there might be a horse variety of but not in australia if you get four of the big dog capsules uh you can give it to a horse on a, on a daily basis as well it can help with some maybe some uh you've got problems loading into the float or uh or come on, uh, you're a horse vet robbie you you'd know some of the common behavior problems that people see in their horses um not not wanting to go in the stalls at the uh, at the melbourne biting? cup yeah you're not wanting to get yes, in the stalls yeah, at yeah, melbourne yeah. cup i imagine not sure if it's swabbable so i don't highly recommend that but we'll uh <laughs> <laughs> speak speak to your vet you know speak That's to your it. vet yes. yeah i'm not sure yeah, it, it might be right up there with Cobalt. You know, you might be, uh, we, we might hear about that. that that'll be a good way for us getting some uh, publicity for the podcast, Lewis. It was recommended on Two Vets Tour Pets, so it should be fine. <laughs> and I gave it I gave it a nice milkshake because it is essentially it's a, a derivative, derivative of milk. So it is a Absolutely. milkshake. Just some stomach tube it in right for the race should be fine. Sure, oh, you heard yeah. it here first on Two Vets Tour Pets. <laughs> Better just check my insurance yeah. up today if we're saying that. Yeah, all advice on the show is general in nature, so please don't take any advice on what to what to provide your racehorse with no. prior to a race. Talk to your vet, definitely your racehorse. Talk vet. to your vet, yeah, yeah definitely. Exactly. But, yeah, yeah. But we be, do know be... we do know what you can feed them before a race if if they weren't a horse and they were a dog or a cat, or or if or if they were a horse that had a uh, had needed a novel protein diet, you needed to give them some. <laughs> 
duck and kangaroo, you know, is there, can you, can you just give, uh, can you, can you give, just give the horse like four of the big delicate care, uh, uh, dog treats, you know, um, and that, and that's enough for it too, you know, same as the four Zilkeens. It, it is performance enhancing. I'm pretty sure the delicate care if you've given to a horse. So, you know, you want to just probably check with your vet as well before doing that too, because it's certainly performance enhancing. If you, if your dog or cat's got an allergy and you need some hypoallergenic food, some oh, novel protein. Or if they, if, if they need some uh, performance enhancement in, uh, in the quality of the stool as well, Lewis, my goodness, you can't do any better than, than the fine food that's made by the fine people at delicate care over in Western Australia. Spot on, mate. It is all, uh, it is Australian. It's totally Australian um, made from, what is it, 90% Australian ingredients? I think they were saying, we were saying the other day. And, and anything that they can get from Australia, they get from Australia. Yeah, you know, so there, right. are, there are certain things that you need that you need for trying to make dog uh, dry dog food that you can't get in Australia. And so that's the only stuff that they use. Otherwise, it is all absolutely Australian made. And the other thing is, too, is that these cats that make the, uh, that make the delicate care, they are they they're they're heavy hitters in the pet export uh mm. field as well so the vast majority of the food that they actually make is actually export quality food that is exported out under other brands and it's just the delicate care is their premium diet their um their, their great diet that they uh, uh have in supply in australia so you know uh, often I often say to people, you know, you got to be careful when you walk into the big, massive, you know, pet wholesalers and there's 800 different brands of pet food there. Anyone, anyone with a chemistry set can make a, can make pet food, you know, and they can call it premium. They can call it whatever the hell they want. Um, But what the, what the guys at delicate care are putting out and what the quality of what they put in their food uh, is absolutely second to none. So, um, so yeah, delicate care, Great range. Go onto their website at delicatecare.com.au um, or search for them in Google and you can have a look at the wonderful range of foods that they've got there. So uh, so good on your Delicate Care. Thanks a lot for your support. And uh, go and talk to your vet about Delicate Care if you think it might help out your dog or cat. Fantastic. And also a big thank you to our Patreon supporters. Um, you know, uh, if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be sunning myself in uh, FF. <laughs> no, no. No, we do appreciate the little bit you sort of help us. It does actually sort of help us with uh, subscriptions and 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 um and payment to uploading the, the podcast all over the internet. So yep, thank you very much, guys, very much for your support. All right, Robbie, you're on, mate. I have no news at all this week. I've got nothing to talk about. I've just arrived here. So it's all on you, mate. It's your podcast. um, I'm just just going to drop the mic. I'll drop the mic and I'll I'll scratch you later. Yeah. Yeah, no problems at all. That's what I'll take it from here. All right. So thank goodness now Lewis is gone, everybody. So um, actually, as a, a, a little bit of a a look between the uh, behind the fourth wall, um, telling tales out of school. I'm well, yeah, and that's here. that's what I was going to talk about. So, but when we had this uh, yesterday, when we had the oh not yesterday on Friday when we had the meeting with all the delicate care crew, um, uh, Lewis had a had the phone call because of because they needed Doctor Dremel at work, and uh, and he still had his uh, still had his microphone attached Ooh. on. So um, he's at, so so you're off you're, while you're off talking, we're all you know hearing the one sided conversation, and because you were talking. You know, you know, when things are going wrong and so the tenor of your voice kind of goes up, you know, as you're trying to go, no, come on, have you tried that? Have you done this? So the, the, the other six of us, we couldn't say anything because every time we got try and go say something, then you'd interject back in again, even though we weren't privy to your conversation. Until then, um, uh, until then, the uh, uh, 
we've gone, um, oh, you know what? I might mute him. It's a fantastic. Can I get that tool when we're doing the podcast as well? That'd be great. <laughs> so, well, uh, you're lucky, mate, because I think just after you moved me, I did just duck. I had a had a bit of a, a just a, a fancy Indian meal the night before, and I was just just a little bit oh, on the turn, and I did just duck into the loo. So I was, didn't know where you're going there. So thank goodness you moved, muted me just in time. <laughs> A little, a little bit of a naked gun episode where you know, you're in there. Uh, or, or was that Police Academy? Might have been Police Academy where Commandant Lassard's in there going into the toilet and he's still got his microphone on. Yeah, you, you would have good... been. You would have been. Yeah, you know, too busy. Uh, too too busy studying to watch Police Academy when you're was a that, kid. Was that Police Academy two or thirty five? I forget. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it was Police Academy three. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Citizens yeah. on patrol. Yeah. Mahoney. Mahoney. Yes. Mahoney. Anyway, so back to your news for the week. So, uh, oh, actually, I'm just going to go straight to disclaimer and then just go on to talk about kidney failure because we've had a request from uh, from one of the friends of the show. So, um, Very nice. Uh, all advice on this show is generally in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. To our best provide the most up-to-date information because veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if we missed anything or if you need any clarification. So um, a friend of the show, Cloudy, was, uh, I had a conversation with her during the week because we've been doing some blood tests on her uh, old, uh, sort of ne- nearly 11-year-old, uh, Bernese mountain dog, Sefi, who's got some kidney insufficiency. Now, the, oh. the tricky part with Sefi is that because she's had a, a lot of mast cell tumors in the past um, and she had a, um, like we found them in a few uh, a few lymph nodes last time. We've had her on a medication called Palladia, which yep. is a... Uh, a so back a, it up, mate. Mast a, cells, what are mast cell tumors? What are they? Just quickly. Ma- so mast ma- 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 cells are a common, uh, common skin tumor that we see in dogs that uh, have the potential, uh, potential to be malignant. So right. can sometimes just... Uh, come up as just solitary little nodules, but they can also go uh, go uh, sort of spread around the body because they're in the white blood cell family. They've kind of got that access all areas pass. So if they do make it into the lymphatics or the blood, they can they can get anywhere and everywhere around the body. And so with Sefi, like I've removed quite a few mast cells from her, yep. um, just just little solitary nodules from around her skin. Um, and then unfortunately one day, then we found um, uh, uh, both. Uh, auxiliary armpit lymph nodes had mast cells in there. So oh, like, okay, rightio. Well, now we need to try and work out what we're going to do. So we've put her on this medication called Palladia, which uh, is a, it's a pretty cool medication in that it blocks a, an enzyme that is overexpressed in these, um, in these mast cells and other types of tumors as well. So basically it just helps to try and slow it right down and try and, um, yeah, it can shrink down the tumor size and things like that. But the main thing is it just helps to try and delay the time before um, that mast cell then gets the dog's quality of life to the point where they need to be put to sleep. So anyway, so we've had Sefi on the, on the Palladia for a while and it was doing great shrunk. You know, the, the, the lymph nodes went away. We haven't found any other mast cells around on her body. Everything was great. Yep. But then she got some diarrhea, diarrhea, something that can happen with Palladia. So then we took her off the Palladia and we've had a look at her bloods and her kidney values are up a little bit. Uh, so like, oh, poo, kidney values are up a little bit, but that can happen with Palladia as well. Okay. So we've been sort of, you know, she's had a bit of a Palladia holiday. And so we've just been monitoring what her kidney function is doing because the other thing that's a wrinkle with Sefi is that because she's got a lot of osteoarthritis, she's got a lot of um, uh, joint disease that she's had from you know, elbows and knees and, you know, it, it, any, anything that's got, you know, two bits of bone, you know, oh, getting boy. anywhere close to each other, Sefi's oh, got please. inflammation there. So um, she's also been on anti-inflammatories for the better part of her life. So, yep. you know, having a long conversation with Cloudy yesterday, as far as 
okay, so what does this mean given that we're looking at the values and, you know, what's, you know, is it, is it bad kidney disease? Is it good kidney disease? Is it stable kidney disease? And what are the things particularly with where she's at that we need to be taking care of? So, um, we have covered over kidney failure in the past, but I'm going to just do a quick little recap and then just sort of use um, things in the context of Steffi of just where she's at and some of the decision-making processes that, that I've made with Cloudy as far as trying to work out, right, well, where do we go with it from here? So um, as a bit of background, our kidneys, you know, generally we've got two of them um, and they are, their main job is for filtering our blood. Uh, so uh, 25% of your blood supply that comes out from every heartbeat goes to your kidneys. As the blood goes into the kidneys, it's filtered. Um, and so once that then goes out uh, into the, like that goes into the urine, but then what happens is in the kidneys, the kidneys not only are just there for filtering, they're also there for trying to resorb back all the other stuff that you don't want to lose into your urine. So that is glucose, that's protein, that's electrolytes. And most importantly, water because if it's not for your kidneys doing your job you're going to get pretty damn dehydrated pretty damn quickly because your kidneys need to have the ability of being able to concentrate the urine because you know you don't want to be drinking your body weight in water every day so um each of the kidneys have got these tiny little functioning units called nephrons. So the nephrons are these tiny little tufts attached to these tubes. And so your kidney's got, I don't know, pull a number out of your bum, say 800,000, let's say 800,000 functioning units within your, um, within your kidneys. Now of those 800,000, you can lose half of them and never have any problems. That's the yeah, reason right. why people can donate kidneys uh, and still be able to survive because you've got the capacity of one kidney to be able to do the job of both kidneys. But once you've started to lose that function, once you get down to about 30%, that's when you start to see issues. And the issues that you start to see is dilute urine because your kidneys just can't concentrate the urine properly. Yep. You start to lose protein. You start to lose electrolytes. Um, you can start to get a buildup of the nitrogen waste products in the blood that the kidney is responsible for trying to clear out. And so that's what we see in our blood tests. So when we're looking and trying to see, okay, does an animal have kidney failure? There's two main things that we look at doing. One is a urine test and one is a blood test. On the urine test, we're looking for concentration. So if your kidneys can concentrate your urine, your kidneys are working pretty well. Tick, fantastic. That's great. But that could be anywhere from you know, 98% kidney function to 35% kidney function. Right. You don't, you, you just can't tell the difference in that. So, um, but as long as your kidneys are concentrating, you know, they're doing the job, but then the other part of it is then on the blood tests. So on the blood tests, we're looking for either nitrogen waste products. So urea and creatinine, or also possibly SDMA, which is another uh, indicator of, uh, of kidney function that, um, that we've uh, got uh, access to in the last few years. So if your kidneys are working properly, clears out all the nitrogen waste products, urea, creatinine, SDMA are all normal, urine's concentrating, perfect. As time goes on and you start to lose your kidney function, your urine concentration might drop down a little bit. So instead of being what we call high perstenuric, all that you know, bright yellow urine Lewis gets while he's up in far north Queensland and he's sweating bullets up there, um, you know, apart from all the Bundy and Cokes that you're probably drinking up there to keep yourself hydrated because that's what they make you, make you drink when you're in Queensland. Oh, I don't um, get yeah, that, that, that stuff. No, no, no. Just just stick with the Forex, do you? You know, <laughs> very nice. Um, so so yeah. It, 
often the first sign you'll see is your urine concentration starting to drop down. So your kidney values might be fine on your bloods and your SDMA, which is an earlier indicator, it's it, it might still be normal. But if you've got urine concentration dropping, that's one of the early signs of, oh, hang on, maybe we've got something going on here. And it's not all doom and gloom because often it can be years and years and years before you have issues. But that's yep. usually the time where I'll start to say, we need to watch this because the sooner we start to see a problem, the sooner we jump on it, the better we can slow it down. Um, once those blood tests start going up, well, that's then when we start those, those urea and creatinine and SDMAs. That's the time where then we start saying, okay, right, well, now we've got kidney disease, kidney insufficiency. We often try and stage it. Um, the International Renal Interest Society or IRIS, it's pretty they couldn't come up with a more kidney-based acronym rather than a you know a, an eye-based acronym. But anyway, <laughs> yes. that's all right. Yes. Um, they, they've come up with um, with staging things so that we can try and say to owners, okay, right, well, your dog or cat is in this stage of kidney disease, which means that their predicted median survival time is this much. So that's yeah, the right. reason why we start talking about stages and also so – yeah, if we say to the owners, oh, your, your dog's creatinine's 220, well, that means nothing, you know, but if we say you're in stage two out of four or you're in high stage two, nearly in stage three, and this is the progression that you've had, it gives the owners a little bit more context of what's going on, gives them a little bit more understanding of what it is that we're actually doing. So, um, so with where Sefi's uh, at, um, when we ran her bloods, when she was um, sick, when she had the diarrhea, her creatinine had gone up a bit. It was up as it was, it was abnormal, it was 174. So that's getting up into, you know, stage two kidney disease. Um, so we stopped the palladia uh, and whether or not it was from the fact that she was unwell from the diarrhea, the fact that she was on the palladia, but her creatinine came down, came down to 120. So still in that Excellent. sort of, you know, sort of limping over into stage two, but yep. certainly a, a significant drop in that creatinine. Um, so, right, we're still going to hold off on the, uh, on the palladia still for a little while. We want to recheck again in two weeks and try and get a bit of a picture of what's going on. Well, the creatinine went up a little bit, but uh. her urine concentration went from, really low that last time to actually coming up to reasonably high. So okay. I said, well, look, maybe what we're dealing with, we might actually be dealing with a component of, you know, of, of dehydration here, which means that if her kidneys are able to concentrate the urine, the kidneys are still actually doing something yep. Yep. because in all of this, Sefi's still been on anti-inflammatories because Sefi can't come off anti-inflammatories mm. because she's so sore. Mm. So, so the decision that we've had to make with Seth is to go, okay, with where she's at, like, I think I, I'm not too concerned the fact because the creatinine's only gone up to like 140. So it's still a, a marginal increase and it hasn't really gone up very much. So the question is, is, okay, right, well, do we take her off the anti-inflammatories because we know the anti-inflammatories are improving her quality of life. Yes. But unfortunately, in the, in, the, in the rule book, it says that anti-inflammatories are contraindicated when you've got kidney disease. Yes. But, you know, having an animal in pain really sucks. Yeah. Um, and we've got her on other pain relief, but, you know, if we can, the fact that she's been on the anti-inflammatories the whole time and things haven't been going up and up and up, we sort of made the decision of, well, at the moment, let's stick with it. Let's stick with that amount of yep. anti-inflammatories. Um, is, is, uh, is, is, is there a new type of anti-inflammatory around non-steroidal? 
So, so that was the one that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Galaprant. Yeah. yeah. So, we, so we did speak about that and whether or not we um, – so that is an option in that because um, uh, listeners will remember that we we spoke about Galaprant, that it's a, a different – it works in a different way with the anti-inflammatory. So rather than being an enzyme blocker, like what your traditional anti-inflammatories are, it's a receptor blocker. So because it's a receptor blocker, it's working much more specifically at that one part rather than blocking off all the other sections that those enzymes then help out blood flow in kidneys and blood flow around the gut. So it has the potential to be safer with animals with kidney disease, but when they're, and I was saying this to Cloudy, when they're doing these, um, uh, starting to get these new medications going, what they're not doing is they're not sitting and saying, right, here's this group of 120 dogs that have got kidney failure. We're going to treat them with the anti-inflammatory mm. because unfortunately some of those 120 dogs are going to die anyway because they've got kidney failure. And so if they're, if they're doing the safety trials and they've got animals dying, well, they're never going to get their drug registered. Mm. So, so with the Galaprant, the, what the reasoning is that we sort of talked about with Sefi is that, okay, if, because we know she's getting good pain relief from the other anti-inflammatory yep. and we know that her kidneys are currently stable, we're going to stick with what's working. Yeah, However, no, I agree, if mate. it's reaching it the good. point where those yep. kidney function is going up, it will wash her out from the current anti-inflammatory, put her on the Galaprant and see. Yep. But unfortunately, when you're changing over other medications, you can get vomiting and diarrhea, mm. which is what we're trying to avoid for the mm. fact that we then got her on the palladia. So, um, so we're going to, we're going to slowly start to walk her onto the palladia again as well, but at a half dose and seeing whether or not that's going to affect a, her vomiting diarrhea, B, her general outlook on life. Cause sometimes I can feel a bit crummy when they're on palladia because suddenly she's feeling great. Now she's off it. Um, but also to make sure what it's going to do with those kidneys. So, you know, it's the, um, uh, one thing I pride myself on, Lewis, is, is my ability of being able to talk, um, but also my ability of being able to um, actually involve the owners in the decision-making process of what we're doing. So, yeah, this is a 15-minute conversation that I had with Cloudy yesterday about, okay, well, this is, this is the information we've got. What are we going to do with this information? And what are we going to do with it from there? Because the other things that we're doing with her too is – we're actually doing a, another test called a, um, a urine protein creatinine ratio on her as well, because we want to see one of the other things that it says in the IRIS staging guidelines is about protein loss in the kidneys. So if we find that she's losing significant amounts of protein in her kidneys, that's probably going to change a few things up as well. That yeah. might be the thing where we go, whoa, okay, right. This is, this is a sign of the kidneys can progress. This is something that we need to address. Otherwise, if it's low and it's not significant, yeah, we're going to stay the stay the course with the anti-inflammatories and just try and tickle her up with some, um, with the, with the palladia and try and keep that, that mast cell tumor at bay. Wow, mate. That's a, uh, a difficult case. That's, um, that's a lot going on there, mate. Just to throw another spanner in the works, uh, thoughts on, um, on, uh, small dose ketamine injections, subcutaneous. You heard about that for chronic arthritis at all. That's, that's something you might, maybe I just, uh, Got, got a few links on it during the week. I remember I had it lined uh, yeah, up no, so, at home to go into, but obviously not this. I forgot to bring it up to FNQ, so it's all on you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you don't you don't want to be bringing up. Uh, don't don't be taking up about small <laughs> injections of ketamine under the skin yeah. while you're trying to get into Queensland. No, yeah, don't have that in your carry on, mate. They'll, they'll they'll start to ask some questions if you get in the the special K. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, it's interesting you say that, right? So um, so we've uh, the other medication that we've got Cephion is a mantadine, so a 
Amantadine yes. is an uh, an NDMA antagonist, um, which is uh, NDMA agonist. Sorry, um, which is the same receptor as what ketamine hits. So, um, so I guess you know, in in theory, I'm pretty sure that's right. Anyway, um, I'm pretty so in theory, maybe we will hopefully be actually hitting that uh, as it is anyway, even without the without the ketamine. So, yeah, I'll send you a link, mate. I've got I think I've got a link on it, so I might I'll put that in the show notes and I'll send it through to have, have a bit of a read about it. See if it. I think there were some dogs that were with really bad arthritis that were um uh that are on i think it's uh oh lord forget how how regular the injections were um uh might be weekly or monthly anyway i'll send you a link and you can have a look at it but these dogs are on mattatine as yeah, well right um gabapentin and everything so might be something to have a little bit of a think right. about there we go yeah right and, and on here on air uh, i'll send you an invoice nice. mate on air uh, on air vex vet consult yeah no worries yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I mean, because ketamine is something that we use, uh, you know, that we use that as a analgesic and anesthetic yes. at work. So, yes. um, so it's something that that that, that we've got. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I'd be interested in having yeah. a read of that and seeing yeah. what's uh, seeing what the go. So, nice one, very good. Excellent. So, uh, oh, that's so, good, uh, mate. Hopefully, you... that um, you know, sort of gets people. Think. So, the other the other things to think about too, are, you know, the signs of your animal having kidney disease: drinking more, weighing more weight loss you know so right. those common something's happening metabolically so you know if your dog's drinking more weighing more losing weight not eating well you know losing body condition yeah it's time time for some blood tests and some urine tests to try and start putting two and two together and working out what's going on excellent oh good stuff mate fantastic all righty i think i've lost robbie so look i think we'll wrap up from my end that's uh that's the end <laughs> he's he's back he's going to talk over me <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Well, uh, if you want to, got any questions? Two vets talk pets at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Uh, we're on uh, Robbie's on the TikTok. I'm pretty sure. So, uh, we'll uh, hopefully it'll be us, the two of us, live up here in FNQ um, at some exotic place. Just uh, just doing a net and the next episode. Alrighty, guys. We'll scratch you later. <laughs>